Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back. This is the newly rejuvenated One Up podcast shown through Anfield Index, um, and today I'm joined by Nick Rust. Um, so, Nick, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit to um, everyone? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Nick Rust. I am the uh, host of the Literate Gamer podcast. We try to take a uh, more highbrow view of games, both the mechanics, story, and narrative, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Sounds good, and I will make sure to uh, I'll plug that on my Twitter, and then we'll do a reminder at the end as well. Um, well, if you don't recognise my voice, uh, it's me, Guy Drinkle, um, host of the Academy podcast. Uh, I'm I'm normally around and about on the on the Anfield Index. I'm sure we if we <laughs> if you're into games, I'm sure we've crossed paths at some time. If not, uh, just follow me on on Twitter, uh, just Guy Drink E L. Um, yeah, but we'll kick on. Um, so, Nick, um, just to get a bit of background on you, obviously you told us about your podcast there, but what um, consoles, do you play a PC, what's your favourite game, stuff like that? Sure. Um, I grew up playing video games, and I am probably the first generation um, to have been able to do that the entire time. Uh, we got our first computer when I was like five, and that was it. I was done. Uh, I was hooked. Um I am primarily a, a console gamer, uh, yeah. just because uh, I have a life, and it's easier <laughs> to do. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, I do PC game because there's still um, there are games that don't translate to a console experience. So I like mm. uh, really complicated strategy games on PC. Yeah. Uh, anything by Paradox is great. Um, but I play lots and lots of stuff uh, from a variety of genres. The only things I don't really particularly care for are sports games and platformers. Yeah, uh, Platformers? Yeah, it's, it's, it's what I'd class as a free game you go on computer for. It's not what you <laughs> play for. And then right. sports? 
I'm on a sport. I'm on sports podcast, so I have to say I play sports. But I've kind of forgot. Right. FIFA, <laughs> FIFA's, a... FIFA's grew out. Of, I think I've grew out of FIFA eventually. It's taken. <laughs> it's taken a while, but I finally grew out of it myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a bit of background on me. Uh, I'm predominantly Xbox, um, so I will be focusing on that in future podcasts. Um, but that, that's why I've got Nick on actually to get a perspective from. <laughs> Uh, PlayStation and other platforms as well, but um, I was planning on going to Pokemon Go, but might as well go. Oh to yeah, Pokemon Sky. Um, oh, we first. could do Pokemon Go too. I've been playing that as well. All ah, right, well, well, we'll do No Man's Sky first because I don't think many right. people care about Pokemon Go. <laughs> people know what Pokemon Go is. Let's be honest, but No No Man's Sky is what PlayStation Four have been building this up for years. Like Sony have been said this is like. It's just what next generation's been waiting for. But obviously, I can't play it because, well, my laptop's not good enough to get it on computer, and I don't have a PlayStation. So, Nick, right. what, what, what do you think about the game? What, what is, it, what is it actually as a game? Because the kind of mysterious how it is. For me, it's just an exploring game. But what is it exactly? Ah, uh, well, it is an object lesson and expectation. Is what it is. Mm. Um, there has been. Um, a storm of controversy in forums, as that's pretty much what forums are for. Yeah. But this one has been particularly bad. Uh, the amount of things that were promised versus what was delivered mm. uh, is sharply contrasted. Mm. Now, with that said, I will say I went into No Man's Sky with very little expectations. I had not been paying attention to the hype because yeah. I have – this is not my first rodeo. Uh, I'm a big fan of Peter Molyneux games. Um, so I have had my heart, my, my hopes dashed multiple times. Uh, and I've learned to, if something sounds too good to be true, it is. And I just didn't participate in that. Um, with zero expectations, the game's pretty decent. Uh, it's a solid six, six and a half Mm. out of 10. Um, but again, um, you can see, you can see the rough edges where everything was like hacked off mm. to make production deadlines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at its core, it is an exploration game. Yeah. Um, and it's procedurally generated, and because it's procedurally generated, um, Spore is going to come up as a comparison, and that's mm. fairly apt because Spore was another game that overpromised, underdelivered, and did so with procedurally generated. Uh, even from a stylized perspective, like the graphics of No Man's Sky do have this kind of spore-esque feel to them, particularly the alien races. And I blame that on the procedural generated engine because yeah. I'm sure that rounded uh, look to things that where you have different parts of the aliens that are more modular so that the game can create them on the fly yeah. uh, is actually a technical concern, mm. but it actually comes through and you can see, you're like, oh, wow, that looks like it came right out of Spore Creature Creator. <laughs> Neat. Uh, the exploration does get kind of monotonous because it's very much rinse and repeat. Yeah, that, little... that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. like, it, from from an outsider looking at, I watched it on Twitch and like, it's a beautiful. It looks. It's a good-looking game. It is. What do you do? <laughs> like, well, you, you just go yeah, on a planet and then it just shoots a laser at some rocks and then laughs yeah. at the weird animals that someone's named fucking something stupid. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is a game that really requires you to set your own goals. Because mm. uh, the game itself only has one goal. Uh, it's a bare minimum 
of what would count as a story or a directive yeah. uh, throughout the game. And you're basically just trying to get to the center of the universe. At this point, I have not finished the game. Mm. Uh, so I have no idea why I'm going to the center of the universe because they certainly haven't explained to me why I would want to do that yet. Mm. It's a fair point, but you made a point that like you could see the rough edges on stuff like that. Do you think this game? Could, I know it was delayed massively, but do you think it could have been? It should have been further delayed. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I do. Um, either that, or they should have reined in expectations from the beginning. Yeah. Um, if development continues in any meaningful way, uh, this could be a really great game. Uh, in a year or two. Hmm. Just just to compare it to it's not in, it's not the same game as say I'm going to try and compare it to Destiny, but I think in terms of like when we saw Destiny first came in, that game was kind of, it just felt like it was a bit rushed. But when like the Taken King DLC came out, that kind of it just made it feel a bit more whole. It was is that a valid comparison that like in a year's time we'll see the finished product? You know that's actually a pretty apt. Uh, comparison because I myself played Destiny at launch. Yeah. Um, and then the story at launch was it was terrible. It was uh, shit. <laughs> it it wasn't really even there. It was just like I could tell you why, but I won't because we couldn't we didn't have the budget to pay the writing guy any more money. Um, and whoever came up with those grimoire cards should lose their job. Yeah. Because that is a terrible way of. Of express of of like doing lore and backstory yeah. and narrative, but I digress. I digress. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. See, the I think the real problem here is that this game was uh, targeting uh, core gamers from mm. the beginning. Um, had they approached this from a more casual yeah. or everyday kind of gamer perspective, it would have been a slam dunk. Mm. Cause it looks like one of those games where you can like not everyone's got hours on end to just just game like hardcore game like you can it's not like The Witcher for example where you have to put in hours after hours to get the full experience of it. This looks like a game to me where you can hop on for an hour or two, just wander about and just genuinely just piss about for an hour, just yeah, just wander. Yeah, um, and The Witcher's a good example too, uh, because no, um. Like, if you spend an hour in The Witcher compared to, like, 24 hours of gameplay in The Witcher, mm. your gameplay experience changes Yeah. thoroughly. Like, it's yeah. a completely different game, almost. If you spend in an no hour in The Sky, Witcher, you're going to go shopping, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Um, no Man's Sky, you spend an hour in No Man's Sky versus you spend 24 hours in No Man's Sky, it's effectively the same game. Yeah. Like, the labels have changed. But none of your experience will have changed. The gameplay approach is entirely the same. Uh, what I like to call the meta, like how, how a human being actually plays the game, mm. is entirely the same. Uh, and there's only really one way to do it. Yeah, that, that, that was my worry with it. I, me- I remember watching back in, I remember watching the 2015 E3 where play, PlayStation fans thought it, it, it was like a game changer. It looked like a game that was going to change the whole console well, console walls is a whole lot of shit to me, but they thought that would be the thing that made PlayStation go head to head with PC rather than Xbox. But it, it just, it just, what it just, it just looks like a game that I don't want to say let down because obviously I haven't played it, but it just looks very bland. Is that a good way of describing it? 
Uh, it is bland in the most awe-inspiring way possible. Mm. Because uh, this game actually does do some things, especially from a technical perspective, that are really amazing uh, and are really pushing the envelope, but it's just mired in this mediocrity of gameplay. Mm. Uh, which is a shame. Had they targeted this differently, um, I think the reception would have been much different. Like, my wife is not a gamer. Yeah. But my wife picked this game up and has been trying to play it uh, <laughs> since release. Yeah. Uh, because she's really attracted to this idea of the exploration aspect, mm. of finding all this stuff. And uh, she doesn't necessarily see all the math behind the game that I do because yeah. I've played a lot of games. It's part of my process. Um, and so I see, I can see the modules as they snap into the procedural generation. Yeah. I can see all the similarities. I can see, like, I can see the development behind the game. She doesn't see any of that stuff. Mm. She's absolutely amazed. Yeah, it just seems we. But I think, I think the most important question is: Is this game worth getting? Uh, I do. Mm. But I think it's worth getting uh, with reasonable expectations, yeah. which is not really possible. Um, for a lot of people at this point because of marketing. Um, and this is totally on Hello Games and Sony. They yeah. knew what they were doing, um, and they did it anyway. Yeah. Is anybody going to learn anything from this? No, I don't think they will. Uh, it might be a couple more years until this happens again, but I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with As Star long as Sims. they're making money, why change it, I suppose? Right. There's zero incentive for them to change because yeah. this thing printed cash its first 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that might make a difference about this game uh, is while I'm playing this, I feel like I'm playing the first really amazing VR game, mm. but it's not actually VR ready yet. That, that's but, an interesting point because yeah. I'm not a big fan of VR because I, I, I see the point of it, but it doesn't really excite me. But that game in that setting would be beautifully perfect for it. Yeah, this is like... Um, and I, I kind of wonder if it's not going to be VR, uh, but Sony hasn't announced it yet because it's not done already. Uh, Sony VR doesn't drop until October. Yeah. Um, it's not outside the realm of possibility. We haven't actually seen a list of VR-compatible games that are coming out. My fervent hope is that this and Skyrim, the re-release of Skyrim, will be VR-ready oh. uh, with Sony VR hits. Um, and if those two things happen... Uh, I may require intravenous nutrients because I don't know that I'll be leaving the couch. Oh, God. I think I'd have to buy a PlayStation if, the, if Skyrim went VR. <laughs> or at least steal my brothers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think from what you've said that I, I described No Man's Sky as either get it or wait for it to go down in price, then get it because it'll probably be a better game in a year's time. That's what it sounds like to me. So I think I think your assessment of it seems fair from the little I've seen, but it, it's an. I think the best way of describing it is an intriguing game. It, it's kind of not the one for hardcore games, as you said. One for just to just to piss about on. Right. We really hope that this is going to be like a toolbox for core gamers to really. They really wanted that immersive um, space yeah. exploration, trading, pirating, uh, combat thing. Um, but all of those pieces are there in the most and the least meaningful way possible. Mm. 
uh, you can see where all the complexity was just drained out of the entire yeah. thing. Like you'll pop into a like a, a solar system, and there will be these giant, like super big battleships that look amazing, and you can fly right up to them, and there is nothing you can do with them. <laughs> like they just sit there, and you'll see them warp in, and you're like, "That's metal," uh, but there's nothing, there's no reason for them. It's yeah. it's it's just the skybox at this point. I think something that we've possibly overlooked, obviously, it's meant to be billed as not a multiplayer. It has multiplayer in because they said they were surprised that two people have met up. But does oh have have we confirmed that? I don't. I don't know. Because to my knowledge, I don't think there is any multiplayer. Isn't there? Because obviously, people said they've met up with each other, and then I think their developers said they were surprised at that. But is it a game that should have like constant multiplayer? Do you, do you reckon? Uh, I think if it did, yeah, it would help a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think it would bring a lot more um, variety and interest mm. to the overall gameplay experience. Um, because exploring is cool, but exploring with friends is better. That is an outstanding point. And uh, I've, I mentioned it before we started recording. And one of the games I'm looking forward to next year is Sea of Thieves, and it's. It's not a, it's well it's kind of a similar game but obviously it's more it's pirates rather than space and they're saying why be be a pirate on your own or make it better by going pirating with your mates and then I think that's what they've missed out on they've made it not they've made it a lonely game from what you're yes, saying here they have and you really feel that loneliness like yeah. uh, it may, it's an excellent like uh engine for like existential dread because you're like I'm the only thing of 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 any like sapiens in this entire universe, it it's like Red Dwarf without yeah. anyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you don't have a hologram or a cat. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're really just not even a robot, right? Uh, that that's the weirdest way I've ever used Red Dwarf in my life. Um, that's a fantastic Red Dwarf reference, by the way. I gotta is. get props for that because <laughs> those are hard to fit into regular conversations. So. Is. What, what um, sure that was um, I think I think the multiplayer would really what the multiplayer would bring to the table uh, is an ability for players to create novel gameplay experiences in mm. a game uh, that struggles desperately uh, to carry those through. Yeah. Uh, with the inclusion of multiplayer, oh, we could have individual experiences that are not coded into the base game, uh, and that would that would do a lot to substantiate the gameplay value. Uh, it wouldn't actually change anything, but it would make it feel better. It would make it feel more meaningful or interesting. Mm. So, uh, without that, yeah. With multiplayer, this would be a solid 7.5. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just a weird one with how every everything seems to be multiplayer today. And then the games that aren't multiplayer seem special, like well, we used The Witcher earlier, let's use it again. That, that That's a game that definitely doesn't need multiplayer, whereas No Man's Sky definitely does by what you're saying. Um, yes. It's it's, it's just a, it just seems unfinished, which obviously we've been on about. Yeah, so, it also, it absolutely is unfinished. Because uh, you can you can even see in the in the DNA where the expectations for all the stuff was. Uh, and then you can you can see the choices they had to make to get to something, some semblance of that particular niche. Um, so I really hope they continue to develop this further. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know that they. I don't know that I've ever seen a game um, 
that has developed itself that much post-release. Yeah. Uh, it was not an online uh, only game. Uh, well, I think I think we'll move on from No Man's Sky. So, I think what what did you say? Six out of ten in its current format, and then if they end yeah. up developing multiplayer, seven and a half. Yeah, and I don't do uh, I don't do inflations because a lot of game reviewers like to make uh, uh, an average game be a seven. An average game for me is really a five. Like that's where the average should be. It is above average. Uh, they do a lot of interesting things, um, yeah. but. This is not a game that you're going to be able to sink 80 hours in and feel like it was time well spent. Mm. After 20, maybe 30, uh, you kind of feel like you've you've seen it all. Yeah, I think that's a shame. And especially, obviously, we've mentioned the hype. Yes. And I think that's a shame because they, they kind of build it as an endless game, <laughs> which has never really been seen before apart from big-ass MMOs. Right, it was almost billed as like a video game messiah. Yeah. Have to save us from our boredom. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's more like a crazy street preacher than that. Hmm. Yeah, so I think overall, if you're a casual gamer and you fancy just exploring, it's a game for you. If you're a hardcore gamer, get it, living in hope that it'll get developed further. Yeah, I don't think it's going to convert. Anybody to PlayStation that isn't already there. Yeah, I that's mean, the that's the in that's the real important thing. Yeah, this is not one of those conversion games. It's not Crash Bandicoot, the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Sony bastards. Um, <laughs> we're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Anfield Index podcast channel. But we'll, we'll move on. We mentioned it like in passing, but between the rejuvenation of this podcast, Pokemon Go's came on the scene, and it's just taken everywhere by storm, especially in the first couple of weeks that it was released, and probably the week before that, because people downloaded it earlier, <laughs> especially in this country. But have you have you been overawed by Pokemon Go? Um, I have been playing it. Uh, I admit. I have not been playing it as much in the past couple of weeks mm. as I did at first. That same thing for me. Um, it's interesting because this is a game that you play when you're doing other stuff. Yeah. Because when I'm when I'm playing games and I sit and I have a lot of time to play games, I'm at home um, and I'm really just interacting with my TV or my console or what have you. But that is the worst possible place to play this game. And so, um, it it's nice that it kind of fills in this little spot in my day to day life where I didn't have games to play, but I don't yeah. know that I necessarily needed that. Yeah. Um, but now that I have it, that's kind of cool. I'm like, oh, I gotta go to the grocery store. Well, the grocery store's a fucking poke stop, so sign me up. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I used to be like, I, 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 we got a dog in my family at Christmas time, and I was like, oh, I can't be honest walking this. Then Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon came about, and then so I only live in a small town, and the town centre's got two Pokestops. I'm like, I can go for a walk, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I'm sure people have seen that meme of the tired dog saying, "I don't even know what a Pokemon is," but especially in the first couple of weeks, that's what it was like. <laughs> 
it's quite it's quite in down now, but in terms of mobile gaming, is this is this brought it up to another level? Um Yes. Um but not from not because of the um the like the technical supremacy of, the, yeah, of its yeah, particular yeah. design. Uh what this game did that other games like it have not been able to do is hit critical mass. Mm. Uh, because this is a game hardcore gamers right because this is a game my entire family plays mm. uh, my son turns nine next week and he is probably the perfect age uh, to play this game so I could not have picked a better time for this game to be in release for him to enjoy it the most yeah uh, and it has gotten us as a family together and out of the house like I actually was like let's go to the park that is literally nothing something that has never <laughs> happened before in my entire life. I am thoroughly allergic to everything outside. Because <laughs> um, I live in the Midwest, and we have trees and grasses, and I'm allergic to apparently all of it. Uh, but I was like, let's go to the park, because there's like 15 Poke Stops there. <laughs> and so we'd go to the park and eat and you know hang out for a couple of hours. Come on, Dad's running out of Pokeballs. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um I don't know that I've ever had an experience where a game uh, actually changed my behaviors or the way I live mm. like this game has. Now, there's going to be something to say about uh, maintaining that inertia, yeah. which so far is not really done um, because I can already see the high watermark of interest both like collectively as a society and me individually. Um, I haven't stopped playing it, but I'm not as... Um, excited yeah right or enthralled yeah exactly it's i'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you but i think what i think what the case is that people literally have run out of pokeballs (laughs) (laughs) i mean yes unless you live in a big ass city where there's a poker stop literally every corner or every street it's i think people for me especially as i said i live in a town like i don't have a gym in my town (laughs) Or anything oh, like wow. that. So I have not. I've barely experienced gym, uh, gyms and all that stuff. So I've, I've not even. I've spent loads of time on it, but I haven't experienced everything in it yet. Um, so I think what they need to do is start giving out free pokeballs to get back the magic that it was first when it was yeah. first released. And like uh, the individual geographies of different places are weird um, because in the U.S. we have um, our population density is pretty low. Uh, for the most part, um, it's a lot of like uh, mid-level residential uh, suburbs here, yeah. uh, which are like barren wastelands in terms of, of Pokemon. I mean, it's not as bad as the rural areas, but in my particular neighborhood, like there's nothing going on here. Um, but if we get in the car and we drive, we can find a good spot within <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes. And my favorite anecdote about this is around the corner from my house, we have a retirement home for Catholic nuns. <laughs> now, I wasn't even aware that such a thing existed or that they needed them. I like, I guess they, I, I thought they just lived at church. <laughs> right. I never really thought about the fact that nuns would retire. I just assumed <laughs> they were nuns forever and they just did nun stuff. Um, but yeah, no, we have this retirement home for nuns and it has uh, eight poke stops. And it's nice because it has this little circle drive all around the exterior of this building. So you can get in your car, 
and you can drive and you can hit all of them within about four minutes. So you're just about ready for the first one you hit to come back up when you're done. Um, and <laughs> the first weekend that Pokemon Go was released, I, I was driving by uh, on, a, on a busier road that's right next to it. And I was like, holy crap. Look at all those Pokestops. <laughs> so my son and I, we pull the car over and we start driving around the circle. I pull in. I'm not even kidding you. There were a dozen people there. <laughs> all looking at their phones, wandering around. Oh. And these these very old um, geriatric nuns have to be sitting in this building, looking outside, <laughs> going, what's going on out there? There'll definitely be one of them playing Pokemon Go, just not telling them. Yeah, yeah there's probably <laughs> one of them in there that's playing, and she's like, like just obliterating all these like <laughs> nine, thirteen year olds that are coming to take her gym, and she's like, "Not on my watch." <laughs> Lord, be my name, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, but I I have a similar experience. There's like a long stretch of road, and there's like two poker stops right next to each other. And you can just see cars parked there. Like, you can just see... Me and my mate did it once for, like, <laughs> an hour. We sat there. We went and got McDonald's and sat there. And you just saw it. there was groups of people outside the cars. And it's literally... Bearing in mind, there's, like, a cafe out there that's open at lunchtime. Yeah. Um, I've never seen anyone park there past, like, 7 o'clock. From, like, 7 till probably about 12 at midnight. There was, it was full. <laughs> Every time I drive past, it's like it's got a lure on. There's loads of people surrounded. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, it's just yeah. We've actually changed our uh, our restaurant habits since Pokemon Go has been released. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a restaurant near us that is a Poke Stop that specializes in like breakfast, brunch, lunch stuff. And so uh, we've eaten there like four times since this game has been released oh, and we had probably eaten there twice in the year before <laughs> because to be fair the food there is not very good yeah um and it's always like really super crowded um and it's this really weird uh demographic that is just kind of like out of sorts with the rest of the area because the rest of the area is kind of like laid back semi-liberal for Indianapolis, which is where I'm, I'm, I'm located. Uh, but this place is like super like, we love America, like super like almost like oh, bordering God. on nationalist kind of like stuff. And like they everything. Donald Trump. Right. Yes. That's, that's, that's ultimately what I'm getting at here. Um, and we, here we are just sitting there hoping nobody figures out that we're like, you know, liberals playing Pokemon Go sitting in your restaurant. But yeah, Hillary who? <laughs> <laughs> right, we're like minorities are bad. Um, we oh, like guns. <laughs> oh, but I think I think we'll have to try and move on from Pokemon Go. But just to end, obviously, there's been there's been uh, petitions wanting. Um, is it Niantic? I can't remember how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Niantic. Um, they want people to. They want them to make a Harry Potter Go. And oh my God. Is that a good oh my god or a yes. bad oh my god? I never realized I wanted that in my life <laughs> until you said those words, and now I can't imagine a life without it. <laughs> so is that is this a whole new genre of gaming? <laughs> it's actually not new. Um, AR games have been around since like 2009. 
I can't remember the name of it, but I played one that was really in the early stages, hmm. and like their premium cash shop currency was meat. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was so weird, and the graphics were so bad. It was literally like just a little picture of a dude's face, like that somebody made in Microsoft Paint was your avatar, and you would kill monsters in your neighborhood. Um, and from there, there was a small like. I don't know, three or four of them came out in like 2010, 2011, including um, mm. Paranormal Activity, actually. The, the movie oh, franchise had one. so weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it was actually pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, it never really hit the, the, the level of participation yeah. it, to be really developed, but they had this whole thing where like um, Gates to Hell would open up, and you could basically be a good guy or a bad guy. Um, and so like you were taking over like areas of your local town for like for the demonic forces or you were you, you you were you an exorcist and you were expelling the demons. It was good. I was like that I played that for a while. Amazing in a it was <laughs> um, but then it just kinda like disappeared and evaporated. And then of course uh Ingress came out like I don't know what three years ago maybe. Mm. I have to look it up. Uh but that that was a game that was very poorly designed. Yeah. Uh just because I'm a core gamer uh, and I picked it up, and I was like, I can't fucking be bothered to figure this thing out. Um, it's got way too much going on. They explain nothing. Um, all of these terms are meaningless outside of this game. Um, I have no idea how to meaningfully play this game, and I ended up putting it down after a couple of days. And so when I heard that they were doing Pokemon Go, I was mystified. But thankfully, they have fixed... Um, the things that made Ingress bad by retaining, yeah. but retaining the the elements of it that made it good, and Ingress was apparently just uh, research and development for Pokemon Go because the Ingress players are the ones that went out and identified all these things that we're now using as Pokestops and gyms. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I don't think that's that. Well, maybe people have seen it in this country, but it hasn't come to my attention. Especially AR is kind of just new with Pokemon Go to me, but. I think Pokemon Go is the thing that is going to make AR games next, le- like a constant new a new game genre. Yeah, this is this is going to be the new fad. Yeah. Um, in game design for a while. Thankfully, I think the backend resources to execute something like this are a little above uh, what your average startup developer is going to be capable of doing. Mm. So that should that that cost of entry should help declutter uh, the marketplace but I don't know if it's going to be enough. I think there's still going to be a bunch. Yeah. As long as one Harry Potter who gives a shit. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I need that now and I need that soon. You need to go sign that petition. That's what you need to I do. do. I do. <laughs> uh, I'm it now. Uh, but, um, Pokemon Go is just, it, I think it's just simply fantastic. I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's especially interesting because the 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 way it's made people change how they they do things outside of the game. Like it's getting them to go outside. It's getting them to yeah. to talk to people they wouldn't normally talk about. Uh, I don't I don't care how good your game is to be able to accomplish that feat is nothing short of miraculous. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think that's great. I think it really speaks more to the power of the franchise than it does the actual gameplay itself. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is this is really cool. Um, just from a, like you know a game, either a player or a critic perspective, um, that this was something that 
that that happened uh and we'll be examining this and reevaluating this uh probably for a couple of years to try and figure out which parts were were doing what yeah. I never would have expected that it would have um accumulated the amount of pop culture cachet that it has done so um so quickly mm. it's just it was just like the first two weeks was just unbelievable. It was just crazy. Oh, especially, it was unbelievable if you could actually play the game because yeah. it crashed so much. <laughs> that, that, well, it wasn't that bad over here. Couple of couple of days, but um, we'll, we'll move on from Pokemon Go because I think everyone in the world's played it at this point. <laughs> but um, obviously, Gamescom was. The, Recent, recently happened, and E3 obviously happened in, earlier in the summer. But we won't go through the bit. We won't go through every game. But what games from these um, game? What the fuck would you call them? <laughs> what, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, conventions. I guess is probably the Ga- best. Term. Yeah. What from these game conventions? What would you? What would you say stood out for you in terms of actual games rather than consoles? Because we've seen uh, Scorpio and stuff like that, but we won't go into them. Well, from E3, um, the Zelda stuff uh, yeah. was amazing. And I am not a Zelda fan. Uh, I am not particularly a Nintendo fan. Um, I can't even remember the last time I played a Zelda game. Um, but that was on point. That was that looked good. Like, now I'm thinking about, you know, can I justify buying a new console to play this game? Um I will probably let somebody else do it and then actually play it to see how, how yeah. I am. Uh, but that was good to see uh, Nintendo doing something in that game space uh, because they've been kind of reliant on two or three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, played... I mean, this is, this is Zelda, so this is one of their foundation yeah. stones. Mario right? and Zelda. Right. It's not. It's not. It gets boring after a little while. Um, I think my dark horse favorite for me three though was um, this game called Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, PlayStation <laughs> exclusive, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I have reservations about this game, but I am very intrigued. Mm. Uh, everything I can I can tell from the very limited information that's been released, I think that the gameplay itself is going to be something closer to Monster Hunter, hmm. uh, which is one of the few franchises that I am just absolutely addicted to. Um, they they release like one like every year, but I buy them every time because I can't get enough. I've been playing that game since it was released. Um, and I really like that combat approach. So if they come anywhere close to that kind of style of gameplay, I'm done. I'm good. I'll buy into the whole robot dinosaurs. It sounds ridiculous, but I don't care. <laughs> if the gameplay is there, I'm I'm along for the ride. I got my hat on. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's just it, that that's what like we've talked about No Man's Sky, but that that game uh, Horizon piqued my interest much more than No Man's Sky when it was shown. Uh, yeah, the year me too. Before. That's kind of weird. As I said, I'm I'm Xbox only, but it's like. It's like I want this fucking game. <laughs> it's got <laughs> right? fucking robot dinosaurs, man. Um, but uh, for me, um, on Xbox uh, exclusively, uh, Sea of Thieves. I think that'll be that's pretty much my perfect game. I, I, getting drunk, sailing a pirate ship, and shooting people. It's Assassin's Creed Black Flag without all the crappy assassin stuff. <laughs> yeah, like um, 
the Assassin's Creed franchise did that game no favors. At no point was I playing Black Flag and was like, I'm glad this is an Assassin's Creed game. That game really, like, the Assassin's Creed stuff really got in that game's way, so I'm glad to see that, that somebody noticed, um, and they're bringing something interesting to the, to the pirate table. Um, I'm actually very envious because I don't have, uh, an Xbox One. I went solely PlayStation this time around. Um, this has got me thinking maybe it's time to get an Xbox as well. Yeah. Uh, Dead Rising is one of my favorite franchises, and I've had to just take a pass on it um, mm. this time around, uh, even with 4 coming out. But now, with Dead Rising, uh, this, and um, State of Decay, mm. uh, I might have enough justification to actually get an Xbox One. Yeah, State of Decay looks in- it looks interesting. I, I tried the first one, but kind of lost interest quite quickly. Oh, I the, f- the first time I so died, I was like, game. I can't be asked. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> I don't know um, what it was about that particular game, but like it got me. I was hooked. I played so much of that game. Um, I actually thought about getting an Xbox One just to get the remastered version yeah. of the original. And num- number two has multiplayer as well, I believe. Yes. Oh. So that should be fantastic. But um, I think... What, is, it, is it Days Gone? PlayStation's big game this year? Along with God of War? Uh, um, probably. Um, yeah, I I figured it was going to be No Man's Sky and uh, God of War, for sure. And Crash Bandicoot stole the show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Days Gone. It looks interesting. Obviously, it's only a demo at the moment. Um. Or the E3 demo. That's the only thing I've seen from it. So there might have been some more at Gamescom. Um, but uh, it looks interesting. I think it'll need work. But it'll be interesting to see how, much, how long it is actually. And how much detail it is and what the story is. Um, but I think that'll be one that'll be to keep an eye on. Rather than get excited about at this moment. Yeah, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... Cautious, cautious optimism is the closest I'm going to get right now. Yeah. Uh, there's just too many unknown variables going on. Mm. And then... I don't think Xbox had low, low, they didn't have much in terms of exclusives. Um, Gears of War 4, can they rejuvenate the franchise? They didn't really do that well with Halo um, since Bungie just fucked off. Um, but I played the I played the beta for the multiplayer. It was quite fun for Gears of War. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then there wasn't really many exclusives. Obviously, got the deals with EA, so Battlefield. Um, Titanfall, which is now available on PS4, um, which the multiplayer test is available for, well, this podcast won't be out, but next weekend, um, so that'll be worth uh, looking into for people. Uh, so Titanfall, give that a go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can assure you it's quite good. It's pretty damn good. Um, uh, Xbox was more about the new release of consoles for me. Yeah, which, it seems a little early to be releasing um fancier versions of ex- of current-gen consoles. I can see the um, point of the Xbox One S, but Scott wouldn't, I don't think anyone knows what Scorpio is, really, to be exact. Right. That's the weird thing. But yeah, I think on a game's perspective, I think PlayStation had the better E3, but depending on how what Scorpio is, because obviously it's been compared to be the part, it's said to be the most powerful console going, so I think that may have, may, may have been the biggest thing. But um, it was it was a, it was a weird one. It wasn't the best E3. 
Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, I think really cross plat. This is a really good cross platform year, um, mm. at least for me, because we've got uh, the re-release of Skyrim, which I will buy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Day one, um, <laughs> we got Dishonored two. Yeah, uh, and Deus Ex. Um, Deus. So for all those launching or dropping this year, that's and we all get to uh, to reap the, the the benefits of that. So and Call of Duty falls back if you spend eighty quid, <laughs> uh, which I undoubt I will undoubtedly will because I game share. <laughs> um, but. Uh... I think we'll move on. I think people, if you want to look into the games that we mentioned, there'll be plenty of footage from E3 and Gamescom. Um, but my, just because I want to keep people up to date with what games are coming out in the month of August, games that have came out and are coming out. No Man's Skies came out. Uh, F1 2016 came out on Friday. Uh, Deus Ex comes out on the 23rd, which I think is the the biggest one of the month. Uh, Assetto Corsa, uh, Attack of the Titan. I'm, I'm just using the game website here, people. Um, God Eater 2, Rage Burst, and then there's a new World of Warcraft DLC. Um, so it's not it's not the busiest month of gaming, but Deus Ex. I didn't. It's not my cup of tea, but it is. It is a. It tends to be a fantastic franchise. So I think that'll probably be one to keep an eye out on. Um, yeah, I'm actually intrigued really. by this uh, Attack on Titan game too. Hmm. Um. I played the 3DS game. It was um, middling level at best. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I hope I hope the PS4 can actually bring some more variety and interesting gameplay mechanics to the table. Um, although I don't know, I I I feel that the source material is too limiting um, to really deliver deliver an excellent game. Because I mean, yeah. you can only attack so many giant dudes before it starts to get repetitive <laughs> and boring. <laughs> And I've as not a, really looked into it, but that does sound... Ooh, boss battle. Ooh, yeah. boss battle. <laughs> as a villain, they're very limited because they don't even... They're not intelligent. They don't have... You know, yeah. they can't communicate. It's... Uh, I would almost rather it be a, I don't know, zombie game. I don't know, something. I don't know. I think we'll we've see. got too many zombie games. Yeah, I know we do, <laughs> don't we? Uh, but uh, I think I think this has been a fantastic first new episode of the One Up podcast. Um, but have you got? Do you want to plug your podcast again on your Twitter, just for the reminder of the people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just started uh, releasing um, our podcast, which is Literate Gamer. You can find that at literategamer.com. Uh, we just got done with Gen Con 2016. Mm. Uh, which is the world's biggest uh, tabletop gaming convention. Yeah. So it's lots of board games, uh, tabletop RPGs, things like that. Uh, we cover, we're not just limited to video games, we'll cover anything gamer oriented, in fact. Yeah. Uh, we actually have some cultural pieces um, in the queue right now, too. So we like to talk about things that are going on in that cultural space of gamers. Uh, not just the video games themselves. I mean, obviously, it is still in the genre of two dudes talking about stuff. Yeah. So I'm not, like, setting new records or anything there. Yeah. Uh, we are trying to segue into more of a um, an interview focus. We managed to get a couple of really good interviews while we were at Gen Con. Our uh, Robin Laws interview, the guy who did um, Feng Shui, hmm. Hill Folk, and uh, Gumshoe. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, sat down with us and talked for a good half hour, 40 minutes, and that was a fantastic interview. That should be our next episode either coming out 
uh, this coming week or the week after. We're still debating on our release schedule. We're currently yeah. uh, semi-monthly, but we're looking to go to go weekly soon. All right. So, and on uh, Twitter, you can find us at at Literate Gamer, or because I can't be fucking bothered to tweet on the Literate Gamer Twitter account, you can find me at at Stochastic Life. So, yeah, it'll it'll be tweeted out with the uh, podcast. Sure. But um, anyone anyone who's got a love of gaming, I'm, I'm sure you can tell from listening to the podcast that Nick is a fantastic follow, and I'm sure he'll be be able to give you his opinion on games, anything that he's looking forward to, or anything like that through Twitter. So I highly recommend following him. Um, he's not the biggest football fan. <laughs> Admittedly, I am not. <laughs> so if you li- obviously. This is Anfield Index, so there'll be a lot of football fans. So don't be going tweeting him football. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, next episode on the One Up podcast, uh, I think we'll be doing a crossover with the comic book guys, and we'll be looking at comic book games. So Arkham series, early Spider-Man's maybe on the PlayStation. So that should be fun. Um, but that probably be next month. So this has been your host Guy Drinkle. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 